0: happening this summer. It's groundbreaking, it's controversial, it's a milestone for women, and it's not Hillary Clinton's run for president. More than 30 years after the original Ghostbusters movie, another Ghostbusters is here, with women wearing the proton packs and the pants. Rebecca Traister is a writer for New York Magazine whose best-selling book, All the Single Ladies, sizes up how women's lives have been radically reshaped in about the time it takes to say, boo. And here, she analyzes why the hate out there for the all-gal ghostbusters and what it has in common with the national mood.
1: It will haunt you every night. Whatever it is, no one should have to encounter that kind of evil. Except you girls, I think you can handle it.
0: Oh, good, thanks. There's been... An internet storm of reaction and some resistance to the upcoming all-female remake of Ghostbusters. Why?
1: I truly cannot believe people are so angry that they are remaking this movie with women. And I do. I, I guess I have some sympathy because I myself find myself being, as a forty-one-year-old, saying, "Oh, why are they just remaking all our old movies?" I get some of the "Why do you have to remake a beloved movie to begin with?"
0: And there was a comment that I saw that said that you're you're ruining my childhood, <laughs> from a guy. Right,
1: but, but so don't see the movie. I mean, this is the. <laughs> I, to me, if if this were the only movie that were being remade, but it seems to me that that remaking older movies is part of what Hollywood is doing at the moment, um, playing on nostalgia, playing in in hopefully in in positive cases. I think, um, and and I think this is something that maybe the Ghostbusters remake is trying to do. That there's a sort of commentary on the original in the remake that might add value, or at least. Um, offer a different perspective. But in so many cases, classic movies are just being remade for the hell of it with, you know, with a new generation of, of stars who play better to younger audiences. So if you're annoyed just that they're remaking movies, that's one thing. But the particular fury in this instance seems so directed at the fact that these ma- previously male characters are now to be understood as women, um, and to be, and to be played by women. And I think I, can't believe that the anger is real. Part of me thinks it must be some internet hoax that people would really be so distressed by this. But of course, I know it's not. What could
0: be the cause of this anger apart from, gee, I really love this movie. And now I'll never get it out of my head that you have chicks as Ghostbusters.
1: We are a nation right now that is riven by resentments and fury um, about all kinds of pieces of social progress that are very slowly expanding opportunity for more kinds of people in the United States. This Ghostbusters thing is such a minor, certainly compared to the kind of anger and and rage that we're seeing expressed via the Trump candidacy, or um, the violence, the mass shootings that we've seen enacted most recently toward at, at, in a gay nightclub. And before that, in a black church in Charleston at a Planned Parenthood clinic, there are all those incredibly um, serious versions of that of that fury and that violent anger, um, and Ghostbusters seems a, a minor example of it, um, but I think it's of a piece. There is so much resentment toward um, space that used to be occupied exclusively by white straight men now being occupied increasingly um, by people who are not necessarily white or male or straight. Um, and so I think this is just one pop cultural example of what is a much larger, uh, set of resentments and, um, discomfort that the United States is experiencing as it slowly tries to expand its opportunities, um, to more of its residents.
0: So even in the pop culture realm, the sense of, as you say, spaces where these men may be thinking, is there nothing sacred? What next? Jane Bond instead of James Bond?
1: Right. And what they're not thinking is, why have we only ever had James Bond? One of the things about this is that we never look at the what has come before. We don't look at the ways in which men have been privileged in the past. We consider that the basic norm from which we're starting. So given that that is the norm in Hollywood, that in itself is pretty juvenile, is that that's what we're working from as our, as our starting point. You know, you can think of lots of movies about men that, that could be described this way. This is a movie about men's jobs. There is a romantic I'm thinking of the original. There is a romantic interest, obviously, Bill Murray and um, Sigourney Weaver's characters have a romance, but and and so do uh, Rick Moranis and Annie Potts. But the other guys, so the other three male stars of the movie, they're in the movie because of the job they do. ghostbusting, right? It's a it's a professional movie. It's a movie about <laughs> about men doing jobs. You know how few movies there are in the world about women and their work. I mean, it's like Silkwood and Erin Brockovich. There there are exceptions, but they are so exceptional. Um, you know, women's roles in movies are, remain, for the most part, um, girlfriends, mothers, wives. Now, I know Ghostbusting is kind of a silly <laughs> version of the female professional movie, but, you know, the, the fact, it's, it is a very unusual thing to conceive of. I
0: got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here, if you want to just turn your head. Um, I improved beam accuracy by adding a plasma shield to the RF discharge chamber. I have cryo-cooler to reduce helium boil-off. And to dub it all off, we got a freaking Faraday cage. It's been interesting to me that two of the stars of the original movie, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, have been asked more than once about the remake, but also about the fact that it's being remade with all women. And they've said... They like it. She Listen. delivers in this
1: film. She delivers. They all do. They're mega, mega brilliant stars. Who in social media? I mean, so these are people who, who can't believe that there's a Supreme Court justice that's a, that's a woman. I mean, come on. Well, I don't know.
0: Someone said, I said, I someone may have about. said something. I said, it's a great idea. They should do it with those girls. And those girls, particularly, would be great. Kristen and, and Melissa and Leslie and, yeah. You know, they got, a, I mean, they, they got a pretty, they got like a murderer's row there.
1: Sure. Well, they. They seem like menshe people. And it strikes me that the recasting of Ghostbusters with women has the potential to make a series of really interesting points, especially given that we do talk in this country all the time about this very basic, silly question of can women be funny, and that we are in the midst of a real, um, the emergence of, of many women as comedic superstars. Being successful in comedy was very difficult for women for a very long time. And it's only recently uh, that we have gotten a crop of stars who we now consider very successful female comedians. Uh, And so, whereas the group of successful male comedians was well-established. I mean, that's the group of guys who made Ghostbusters and Stripes. And I mean, these are are guys who were the the Second City, Saturday Night Live group of men um, who made all kinds of very successful, very wonderful movies in the 1970s and 1980s. And nobody questioned their ability to make people laugh because they were men. And that was in an era when those questions certainly were being asked about women. And so I... I see the argument for taking one of those beloved male comedies and turning it on its head and reimagining it with a bunch of boisterous female leads.
0: I do think of women comedians. Someone like Phyllis Diller comes to mind. But the women comedians, for the most part were making fun of themselves for being ugly or undesirable, unlike right. women in comedy now who are very powerful and assertive, and there may be nothing more threatening than a funny woman.
1: Well, this is this is one of the real innovations in, for women in comedy. Yes, there have been women in comedy. Moms Mabley um, was one of the earliest- uh, African-American. Successful, yes, she was an African-American comedian. Um, she often dressed up as an older, disheveled woman. Then you had Phyllis Diller, who was constantly making fun of her own looks and her own lack of sex appeal—that was part of her shtick—and um, that began to change uh, really over the past few decades. I mean, somebody Roseanne was a huge um, groundbreaking comedian. Um, Margaret Cho, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, and then on Saturday Night Live, the era of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler—you um, know—sort of helped to bring in an awareness of a new generation of, of women comedians, often. Uh, women who were feminist in their comedy, uh, who were unafraid. This And this came from the genre of show that was emerging. Now you have women who are comedians who are slapstick comedians, pratfalling comedians. You have women who are feminist comedians who talk about politics and talk about race, women who use comedy to express their anger. A- and that's, I mean, there's a really strong connection between comedy and and fury, and, and the cast of the new Ghostbusters is drawn from that generation where you, now the women aren't necessarily the exceptions to the rule anymore. They're part of the rule in comedy.
0: A couple of weeks after Ghostbusters opens, Hillary Clinton will be starring at the Democratic National Convention. Presumably, as we say at this point, the first woman to head a major party's national ticket and shoot for the White House. There must be some parallels going on here.
1: Well, there are certainly parallels in terms of the expansion of opportunity um, for women. It's important to note that Hillary's nomination will be coming on the heels of the nomination and presidency of Barack Obama, our first African-American president. Um, The world's power structures, which historically have been uh, white and patriarchal, are shifting. They are being challenged. Um, and, yeah, Hillary Clinton's candidacy is a great example of that. And, and by the way, Donald Trump's candidacy, which is powered on very open sexism, um, racism, and xenophobia, is an example of how furious people are about the ascension of people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama in presidential politics. Um, and that fury, I think, is not unrelated to the fury that you see when people are angry about Ghostbusters. <laughs> you have
0: to wonder if Ghostbusters with a female cast becomes a surrogate for all those other issues.
1: I think that it becomes a surrogate in a certain kind of community. I think there are communities that get angry about politics and communities that get angry about um, movies, and, some of, and they overlap, certainly. Um, but I think all these different areas where you see both the um, increased presence of women and people of color and... Um, and the resentment of um, people who were used to and liked white men taking up that space, and so yes it it may be a, an issue of of ghostbusters being a surrogate, but I also think this is an these are um, widespread resentments, and they take the take lots of different forms.
0: You have interviewed Hillary Clinton, spent time with her, written about her. And she also seems to be in some ways the antithesis of a stereotype about women that has been used against women in politics for a long time, that they're hysterical, that they're emotional, Mm -hmm. that they're flighty, that they don't have a a serious grasp on issues. And Hillary Clinton uh, seems to be none of those things, and maybe that's working to her disadvantage, just as the other stereotype has been used to other women's disadvantage.
1: Well, there... The vast set of systems that are used to keep people on the margins um, are so vast that they pretty much come up with stereotypes from from every angle. So yes, the notion of women as flighty or hysterical. Hillary Clinton manages to escape that, but she lands squarely in other stereotypes of being boring or remote or cold or hard or unreachable. The, the stereotype she really seems to fit and gets tagged with every time she runs for office is the sort of Tracy Flick hand in the air.
0: Dear Lord Jesus. I do not often speak with you and ask for things. But now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow.
1: Hermione Granger, know-it-all stereotype.
0: You're going to take someone's eye out. Besides, you're saying it wrong. It's leviosa, not leviosa.
1: Where, you know, women, of course, are asked to be extra prepared in order to prove that they're capable of jobs that have historically only been done by men. And then when they're extra prepared, um, they, came, they come off seeming like unfun, hand-in-the-air bores compared to the guys who can be so much more relaxed in their approach to power. The, our, our system and society works to um, ensure that there's almost no path at the moment that exceptional people can take to power that doesn't land them squarely with some kind of disqualifying stereotype. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am woman.
0: Numbers too big to ignore. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Todd G. Levin. The music is the Ghostbusters theme, of course, and Helen Reddy's 1974 song, I Am Woman. The movie and TV moments are from MTV, from Jimmy Kimmel Live, from the Paramount film Election, and from the Warner Brothers Harry Potter series. I am Pat Morrison game